Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Today's podcast is sponsored by SLI Systems, providers of intelligent site search and navigation solutions. Learn more at sli-systems.com and listen to their interviews at ecommercepodcast.com. Your path to e-commerce success starts right here. You're listening to Practical E-Commerce, the podcast for e-commerce results. Podcast. My name is Brian Getting, and this is our weekly podcast for November 6th, 2006. Uh, today we've got Chris Cleveland in the first of a two-part series of interviews with uh, our editor, Mitch Bettis. And Chris Cleveland is the CEO of DieselPoint, and he speaks about how site search technology can help improve sales at a website. Uh, Cleveland also talks about the differences between uh, search site technology options and what features can be deployed when they uh, to improve sort of profit margins and also j- really dramatically improve the shopping experience at a website. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn this over to Mitch Bettis, who once again is speaking with Chris Cleveland of Diesel Point. We're talking today about site search technology with Chris Cleveland of Diesel Point. And Chris, I appreciate your time. I look forward to the chat here. Thank you. Maybe we begin by a big picture discussion and talk about what a site search product can do to improve a user's experience at a website. What does that technology bring to people visiting websites? Well, it's essentially it's the entry point into your site. If someone is looking for a product, quite often the very first thing they'll do is go to the search box. Uh, sometimes they'll hit the categories that are running down the side or, or, or across to try to browse what they're looking for, but we found that there's a difference between the people who type in keywords and the people who browse. Usually the people who type keywords are actually looking for a product, a specific thing. They're more likely to be buyers. They're the people who have the higher conversion rates, and so it's critical that they see what they're looking for almost immediately. The old rule in the Yellow Pages is that if you come out with a Yellow Pages ad, you should list everything you do because people assume that you don't do it if it's not in your ad. And it's the same way with a website as well. If people type in a few words and they don't see the product in the first page, they'll go away because you probably have many competitors. So it's critical to hit it right the first time. There have been so many improvements in site search technology over the recent years. Maybe you could draw a quick distinction of kind of what we formerly had (laughs) <laughs> the little square box in the upper corner that kind of did the rudimentary search versus some of the more robust functions now that various search products do provide? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the, this, the little search box up in the corner is still the most critical point. When someone types something into it, it's got to have good results. Beyond that, of course, there are more uh, user interface widgets that can help guide people through the site as they select options. Um, the most common right, one right now that yields the highest conversion rates is called faceted navigation. 
And this happens after someone has searched or after someone has selected a browse option. It shows all the options, and then it gives the users a way of narrowing their search, perhaps based on the categories. So let's say you type teddy bears into a site. You can see that the categories that contain teddy bears might be toys, it might be books, it might be music. And it's nice to see the number of hits in each category, because then you can narrow it down to what you're, what you're really uh, looking for. And the faster you can narrow it down, of course, the more likely you are to, to, to get a conversion. Um, beyond that, some of the interesting things that, that people are working on these days uh, all fall under the, the general name AJAX, uh, which stands for Asynchronous JavaScript. It's essentially a techie way of describing um, a way of bringing up user interface objects right in front of you immediately. So you'll see this on a number of sites like uh, Netflix or uh, eBay, for example. When you, your mouse hovers over a product, a balloon will come up showing you more information about the product. Right. Huh. Or uh, when you hover over a browse link, it'll run a search in the background and show you relevant products. The whole notion of faceted navigation, just to make sure I understand the concept clearly, is that if I search on teddy bears, it brings up various products on teddy bears, I'm able then to narrow that down with a click on various perhaps links at the bottom or to the side that indicate I want to pay between 21 and $39 and I want them to be blue and I want it to be a stuffed animal. Uh, it allows me to just fine tune my search in some kind of concept like that. Is that the general idea? Yeah, that, that, that's precisely it. it. Essentially it's a way of narrowing down a search or broadening a search based on attribute values. So again, category is a common one. Price or price range is a common one. Um, use is, is useful, or really any kind of attribute that you have on your, on your product. And of course, these attributes are going to be different for every product. So if you're looking for televisions, maybe you care about screen size or the type of TV. Or in the case of teddy bears, you might care about whether it's books or music or, or something else. It's really very product-specific. Uh, and the choice of facets is, is very important. It requires some knowledge on the part of the e-commerce site owner as to which attributes are most likely going to, going to matter to the given customer. And, but that's all part of designing a good site. If I have a, a retail-oriented site selling of some variety of widgets, are there particular search technologies that cater specifically to that compared to a lead generation site or a a news site or some kind of text-heavy information-based site. Are there, are there different marketplaces I need to be aware of, or can a common provider kind of meet all needs? Well, no. There are not only different marketplaces, but there are very different technologies between the different types of search. We're all familiar with the big consumer sites like Google and Yahoo. They're intended primarily for searching documents like web pages or, or PDF files. And then there are other types of search that uh, companies use uh, in their intranets to find documents. But e-commerce search is a very different animal. It, it's different because relevance ranking is very different. Um, when you've got products, usually they have a very small amount of text as opposed to a document like a web page. So relevance ranking just doesn't work that well. The other thing to keep in mind is that the attributes are very important. So you've got a relevance rank on the attributes uh, correctly. And also, the reason that Google works so well is that the web pages have inbound links. They, they call that, uh, the calculations of inbound links is called page rank. Well, of course, we don't have page rank on an e-commerce site because there are no links between the products. 
So a search engine has to use very different technology to rank the products. Um, it has to take advantage of such things as popularity, which could be sales. It could be how many clicks a particular product has had. It could even be vendor-specific things like the margin. Uh, perhaps the, the company wants to put high-margin uh, products uh, up front. And also, you have to have an understanding of the, where the text appears. So a, a good example is, let's say you have a hardware site, and someone types in the word drills. Well, if you were to do just a straight text ranking on that, you would get not only the drills, but you would get drill bits and drill accessories and other uh, products that had the word drill in them. And the customer would look at that and say, this is crazy. I asked for drills. Why aren't you showing me drills? Well, your search engine has to have some knowledge of what a drill is as opposed to a drill accessory to give them what they want immediately. And this, is, this all requires very different technology than you'll get from a Google or, or a Yahoo. Given that there are different models in that search marketplace, one of them that I've noticed out there is that it, there's a, often a, a spelling correction feature. And one, I don't know if that's a standard function, but how important to an e-commerce owner's side are some of those types of features within a provider? Is that something that is ranks, should rank high on my consideration list, that this is a must-have? Sure, sure. I mean, spelling correction is critical, and, and you've got to do it very well uh, for a couple of reasons. Again, the, the yellow pages analogy, if someone types in a word and it is misspelled and you don't have it on your site, they're not going to take the time to find out the correct spelling and type it again. They're, they're, going, to, uh, they're going to go elsewhere. Also, you have to consider that many product names are spelled in funny ways. Um, they've got numbers in them sometimes, dashes, slashes, other symbols. And uh, just a straight uh, keyword search isn't going to find it unless you've got good misspelling uh, correction uh, as well. To give one example, one of our customers is a music site. And as you know, artists often have very unusual spelling for their names. And our customers quite often don't have very good spelling skills. So we have to broaden that and uh, make it a very fuzzy search to um, to bring up uh, to get a very high hit rate often, and uh, and most product catalogs are like that. In the context of the importance of a spelling correction component, shifting gears to the e-commerce site owner, typically speaking, is there do they set up these spelling functions? Meaning, do they input somewhere various misspellings of certain words, or is there a technology that kind of monitors those kind of linguistic nuances, synonyms, or any of those other things that might, that the, so the owner can deploy that it, the owner doesn't have to go in and specifically list, here are the top ten misspellings of the word jewelry, for instance. Yeah, exactly. There are really three technologies uh, for using spell correction. The first is just a straight uh, algorithm. What it does is it takes the word that you've typed in and it finds similar words where a similar word is a word that either has a letter missing, a letter added, or a couple of letters swapped. And it scores the closest words and then it adds ones that, that are within a certain fuzziness. Now this doesn't require any help at all, any, any work at all on the part of the website owner. It just happens automatically and that's perhaps the most important one. The second technology is called stemming. This is a way of finding the root of a word. And uh, again, we'll look at the, the drills example. Let's say someone types in drills. You want to take that S off and also search for, for uh, drill. 
or uh, sometimes if in a product description you want drilling or drilled. That's stemming. And then the third method is the manual method that you mentioned originally, and that's uh, a thesaurus. I mean, sometimes it's just not possible for an algorithm to figure out when one word is the same as another word. For example, uh, crimson is the same thing as red. You'll need a thesaurus to do that, and uh, your search provider should have an easy-to-use thesaurus function for those special cases. And that's going to wrap it up for our weekly podcast here, uh, uh, Excuse me, November 6th, 2006. Once again, that was uh, Chris Cleveland of Diesel Point, and you can d- get them at dieselpoint.com. I want to thank him for uh, taking the time, and also thank Mitch Bettis again for another wonderful interview, and we will see you next week.